On this episode of Ashes 613, I talk with Robbie Shaw about peanut butter on pizza, what it's like to record with musicians around the world, and how he lost 100 pounds in five months. Stay tuned as we talk about learning to love who you are in Christ, and Robbie plays for us an acoustic song he wrote himself that left me speechless. Hey, can you hear me? Hi, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> awesome. We can't officially start. Give me two minutes. I got to get some dogs taken care of. Hi, buddy. No problem. But I thought I would come in and tell you, you know, just say hi. Oh, all right. So he unplugged the light. That was one of my. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny is, is I, I got on the camera. I got it all set up and everything. And that's when my cat decided to start acting up and chewing on stuff and knocking things over. That's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly why we have. I have three, and uh, we stick them upstairs. We have to. They wouldn't let me do. <laughs> they don't let me have a peaceful moment of my own life. Also, I think the TV needs muted. So, oh, he plugged it back in. <laughs> Jack's Jack's messing with the light. Can you- I think we're ready. Okay, so let's pretend like none of this ever happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> somebody asked me once like is this live heck no this is not live i'm not that brave okay hi robbie hi how you doing hi good how are you today i'm good i'm good i'm blessed what i deserve Uh, aren't we all absolutely (laughs) (laughs) uh so you are in california am i right yes Yes. ridgecrest to be specific now where what California is such a huge state. You don't have to tell yeah, us exactly I'm, where you're at, but what part? I'm in the southern southern side of California, close to okay. Anaheim area. Okay, I got you. So yeah. it's warm, warm yes. and sunny. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, good. I'm I'm in a desert, so I it get you know it's gotten upward to 120 degrees or so here. So. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, it gets pretty warm. I'm in northern Iowa, and um. It was like 101 last week and everybody was stressed out, but I have to think about something else to ask. Let me ask you this. I want to do icebreakers, like just to get to know people a little bit and, and weather seems to be normal, but I'm tired of talking about weather because it's boring and I'm not really a boring person. What do you think would be a better icebreaker for a new podcast? Favorite food, mm-hmm. favorite color? What What's a good... You know what? And, and there you go, putting me on the spot here. Um, just, I think, I think getting to know somebody personally. I mean, of course, you want to know their their yeah. ministry or their business or whatever. But right. But you know, do you have kids? Do you have you know a, a spouse or what? What's your day job or stuff like that? I think would be a really good icebreaker moment. I'm always concerned that people are going to. I don't want to invade on people's personal space. And so I'm real. That's why I've been asking about weather, but let me just be honest with you. I'm real sick of asking about weather. It's like, I'm a very open person. So I'm not too worried about personal space. No. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what'd you have for lunch? (laughs) Uh, I had pizza. I took my daughter to a birthday party and it was at a pizza, uh, like a Chuck E. Cheese type place, but local. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I dropped her off and they said, hey, you want some pizza? So I was like, well, I'll stay for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you have good pizza in Southern California? I you would know what? assume they so. Had this, they had this pizza um, at, at that that party. It was a peanut butter pizza. And you would think that peanut butter doesn't belong on pizza. But when I tried that, I think peanut butter is made for pizza. Honestly, it was just so amazing. So oh. I would say, yeah. I mean, I'm sure New York's got us beat, but... Here is a little something about me. I think peanut butter belongs on everything. <laughs> I, I eat it out of the jar with my fingers. <laughs> so was it, is the peanut butter pizza, is it sweet or savory? It's, it's more, yeah, savory. In fact, you can get a spicy version of it, which is pretty good. Huh. Okay. I've never heard of that. Um, but I'm a pizza fan, so I'm sure I'd eat it. And I, a peanut I'm curious butter fan. to find out if that's a California thing. <laughs> I've never heard of it. But, and I, but I'm not originally from Iowa. I'm from the South, like the Southeast. And I haven't heard of it down there either. So it might be a California thing. Right. 
So today is Sunday. How's your Sunday gone so far? It has been really good. I just uh, played at a new church today. So um, I I do, you know, record music. I'm a singer songwriter, but also I, I have a ministry that's a traveling worship minister. So I play worship and we can get into that in a little bit, but I, I play at new churches every, every week. And so I got to play at a new one uh, locally here, which is really nice. And it was a smaller church too. So I, I kind of like, I kind of like, I've, I've been in churches with a lot of people and I've been in, you know, little living room type churches and I tend to tend to like those ones better. Yeah. They're cozy yeah. and they're it's more intimate. intimate. You get yes. to know people. Yes. Yeah. So in a previous conversation that you and I had, you had mentioned that sometimes you like to sit down with the pastor of the church a little beforehand and kind of see where your doctrines line up. Yeah. What do you do if you're invited to play at a church and say your doctrines don't line up? How does that, uh, what do you I'd do run from for there? the hills. No, I'm just kidding. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, I, it, it's, it's not so much as important that our doctrines line up. Um, I'm not trying to bring, uh, you know, like a, a structured religiosity to, to the mix. It's, it's more just if, if I'm a right fit for them and if they're a right fit for me. Um, okay. I got so you. I, I've, I've been in situations plenty of times where churches are, are scared to have somebody come and guest star in their church because they don't know what they're getting into. I mean, you know, they could be a very right. conservative church. And the next thing you know, they hired a guy and he's a heavy metal Christian artist. <laughs> it's right. a big mess. So right. I like to mainly, I like to sit down with the pastor first, just so they can know who I am and they can hear a little okay. bit of my testimony and, and be comfortable for the following Sunday. Okay. Well, that's perfect. And that makes sense. And I find that even in the short time I've been doing this, that it's always better if you meet people, even if it's just a few texts here and there, or one five minute conversation, then when you're not meeting them for the first time during the ministry, it always kind of goes smoother. If you feel like you have met them beforehand, right. do you find that with them? Right. Yeah. yeah I kind of think so too. So your daughter, how old is she? She's nine. She just turned nine, August 5th. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. A blessing. So she's just started back to school, right? Back to school yep. time for yep. little kids. She's in fourth grade. How's she liking it? She, like her she teacher? Yeah. Um, her teacher, so she has a big thing about the uh, squishmallows or squishmallows, those, mm -hmm. and and her teacher does too. She's got them all over her room. So as oh, soon okay. as she saw that, she said, "We're going to get along." That's a good match. I like the squishmallows. They are squishy yeah. and soft. I like okay. them. I don't, I don't own any, but if I see a little girl that's got one, I'm, I can get it and squish it. Oh, my daughter's my getting face. to a point where she doesn't even have room on her bed left. <laughs> that's <laughs> when. My kids were little. It was, and this is going to be a blast in the past. Do you remember Beanie Babies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when we still have tubs full of those things, yeah. of course, you know, I raised little boys. And so they're not in great condition because they didn't keep the tags on them. They ripped them off and played with them and dunked them in water and threw them and shot them with BB guns. And, you know, but. Yeah, I actually <laughs> had a couple of tubs of Beanie Babies at one point in time. Yeah. And uh, I was saving them because I was thinking, man, I'm going to make some money off these things one day. And then I figured out how hard it is to actually sell them. Right. Well, that's what they you had can... us all believing. They had us right. all believing we were going to make money on those. Right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, anybody that, that is is spending that kind of money on, on those Beanie Babies already has the Beanie Babies that you have trying to sell them. So it's a right. really difficult market. So yeah, I wound up giving them away and letting the kid play with them and everything else. So yeah, that's, you know, I heard somebody say one time, we save all of this stuff that we justify in our mind, like, oh, that's going to be worth money one day or, oh, that's worth so-and-so or that's worth so-and-so. And I think Antiques Roadshow got us all thinking that our junk was worth money, you know, <laughs> and Right. But somebody said something very important to me one time. They said, because I said, do you think that's worth money? And she was an older woman full of wisdom. And she said, uh, Miss Grace, things are only worth what people will pay for them. Yeah. So even if an antique dealer tells you, hey, that's worth $10,000, it's it might be in the antique dealer world. But in real life, it's only worth what somebody will pay for it. Yeah, that's what it's worth. And so most of the time, 
people don't want your junk. They don't even want their own junk. And so I've just started it just it. I find for me, it's more of a blessing to be generous. It's more of a right. blessing to others. It's more of a blessing to me. It gets it out of my hands. So if there's something I have that I'm not using or I'm finished with, just pass it on down the line. <laughs> And yeah, then, you know, I I stopped collecting things up because we we were not always promised tomorrow, so right. it doesn't mean like I there's no point in hoarding things. And uh, my dad always used to say, "You never see a U-Haul following a hearse." That's exactly you can't right. Take it with you. So you can't. <laughs> and I recently gave away a bunch of stuff, and somebody said, "You know, that's probably worth money." It was a bunch of old costume jewelry and a bunch of old Tupperware that my grandmother had saved, and then my mother had saved. It got passed to me. I thought, I just don't want it. And I yeah. understand that it's family heirlooms, but I have lots of family heirlooms, like the quilt, that I'm willing to keep. But some of this stuff, I'm just not. And I gifted it to somebody else, and they said, "You know, she's just going to sell that and make money." And I said, "You know, I hope she Good. does." Right. <laughs> right. Good for her. Right. Like right. I, there was no, there was no bitterness in me. I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> Let her do it. I don't, I, I don't care. So anyway, let's talk about Robbie Shaw. And you said, what if a conservative church listens to like, has somebody in there like thrash metal Christian, which I sometimes listen to. Oh, yeah. So what, what type of music, how would you if you had to put yourself in a box, some people, some people are out of the box, just jump out and run around. How, but how would you say, if you were describing your music to somebody, what is it? Um, I'm heavily influenced by uh, third day. Mac Powell is one of my favorites. I, I I'll die happy one day if I ever get to get on stage with him. And if he watches this, I'm, I'm waiting for that day. We'll tag him in it. Um, I'm not, I'm not scared. You know that I'm not scared. I'll tag him in it. <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely like when it comes to my voice, a lot of people tell me it sounds similar to his. And that's just because I, I grew up training my voice to a lot of his songs. Um, so yeah, third day, mercy me, you know, stuff like that. It's a very contemporary um, rock with a little bit of country undertone. Um yeah, right. that's the best way I can describe it. It's it's a Southern rock. That's perfect. And I love Third Day. And yeah, I've been listening to him for about 20 years too. We yeah. might be telling our age, but we, <laughs> we're kind of the same, maybe around the same age as Mac. Yeah. So um, that's awesome then. So you play, do you have an, records out? Have you done records or are you just doing live shows right now? So I am actually in the process of releasing two albums at the same time, which is oh. hectic. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm releasing demos first, and then mm -hmm. I'll be releasing the full albums later. Um, the first one is titled Symphony, mm -hmm. and the second one is titled Into the Light. Now, I wrote Symphony a couple years back, but I hadn't had the opportunity to produce it yet. And I've been working on Into the Light this past year. And I just got a few open doors with some um, not necessarily big name producers, but a couple guys. I got a guy in California City, which is a couple hours for me. And then another guy in Bakersfield, which is another couple hours for me in the other direction. And, you know, making music nowadays isn't like it used to be. You know, you do a lot of uh, e it's a lot of emailing and sending stuff back and forth through the Web. And so I I write a lot of stuff and record a lot of stuff in my, my living room. I have a little studio corner. And then I'll I'll send off the tracks to one guy and and have him work on it and and we got connections around the world. I mean, there's a, a guitar player in Tokyo, a violinist in Ireland, a bass player in Australia. I mean, we we bounce it all over the place. So um, right now, like I said, we're just kind of doing a rough copy with some demos, four song demo on each CD. Um, but I want to take the rest of the year to really buckle down and get get the whole thing done um it's just difficult with two two albums but i do have two guys one guy for each album that i'm working on so that way right i mean the load's easier on them but it's a lot on me because right. i'm having to pump out this much music for two different people so that was my next question is do you write um your own songs but you do right yes yes, yes. That, so that's all awesome. i uh i grew up a performer you know, all my life, I've, you know, been playing music for about 30 plus years now. Um, but I always did uh, a lot of secular music. And and I wrote a few things when I was really young. 
just silly little songs, love songs and stuff like that, but nothing ever stuck. And then when I truly decided to give my gift to the Lord and, and uh, start playing music for him, that's when just something unlocked. And in the past two years, I've written over 30 songs. Um, they've just been flowing out and yeah, I, I've got, and that's not even including the ideas and all the, you know, poems and everything compiled that I still need to write into music. So. That is awesome. So you said a, a fiddle player or violinist in Ireland. Yeah. I, I would love to hear that. Those Irish people can play a mean fiddle. I've heard yeah, it. Shout out it. to you, Julie. Yeah. She's uh she's amazing. She, I just met her through an app called the acapella app and this okay. app is 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 set up to where you can actually do little videos and you can play like your guitar and then do another video for your vocals and then you can toss it to somebody else and they can put a violin on it or a, a guitar on it or whatever and you okay. got this collage of videos making the song in fact on my facebook profile if you go back a little ways you'll see uh, one of my songs from the second album called eternal flame is with those people that I, I mentioned, the guitar player from Tokyo and the violinist from Ireland and all that's it's on that song. That's the coolest thing that I have ever heard. And let's tag all of them too, so they can see this. That's yeah, awesome. Sure. I love that. Um, yeah, you know, I do the same, even with the podcast, like, because the internet has opened us all up to each other, you know, like we can, we send it off for editing and then it gets sent back. And like, I have some, uh, fantastic, phenomenal, talented musicians in West Virginia that are working on an intro and an outro for the podcast. And so everything just kind of gets bounced back and forth, you know, online, which is, you know, it, it sometimes is a little less personal than having somebody in your living room like it used to be when we were kids. But at the same right. time, it also opens your options up. Oh, there's you know, so many things that you can do. So many people. The networking is unbelievable. It is. Yeah. And I have met... You know, I think sometimes still the older generation is still scared of meeting people online, but I've met some phenomenal people online. Yeah. I know somebody had recently said to me, an older woman, I was buying something off Craigslist and she said, oh, you got to be careful buying stuff on Craigslist. It's dangerous. I've been buying stuff off Craigslist and eBay and Facebook Marketplace for 25 years and not only had wonderful experiences and never been murdered, but I have met some amazing people. <laughs> I think the real world's just as dangerous. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything's dangerous. You can't be scared of everything. I mean, obviously you're not going to, you know, go to somebody's house and go down in their dark basement. You know, you have to use your brain, but most right. of the time, if you do public meetups, you know, I've just had uh, great experiences. I buy all my stuff from a uh, marketplace and Craigslist. I don't even go to Walmart anymore. Need toilet huh. paper? Get on Facebook. Marketplace. <laughs> somebody's somebody's got a good deal on Craigslist, right? <laughs> somebody's something. Need toothpaste, whatever, you know. <laughs> but Amazon's got me spoiled. You know, they just ship it right to you. Which, oh yeah. It's dangerous. So it's dangerous. Yeah. And so all right. Well, okay. So let's do a subject jump and talk about what life is like in Southern California. It has to be different. So I've never been in California. Um, I was raised in Kentucky and Alabama. So just about like culturally as far from California as you can get. Right. Well, you know, I think a lot of people, when they hear California, they think, you know, movie stars and uh, the industry and all that stuff. And, and that is here. I mean, you go about two, three hours south of me and, and you're in that kind of zone, but really California is just, uh, I mean, you, we got a lot of nature. We got a lot of mountains and Northern California is beautiful with a lot of, of greenery. And, and, you know, of course we have the ocean anywhere you go, not too far from it. Um, but living in California, so I've lived, I've lived in Washington and I've spent a little bit of time in Tennessee and Missouri area a couple months. And, uh, I would say, um, less radical weather. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. I mean, it definitely gets really hot, but, but the weather's not as, as, as crazy or, you know, we don't have the same kind of storms or, or, uh, Although we just had this hurricane recently, that was 
that right? was that different. Was something. Yeah. <laughs> We're not used to stuff like that, but right. But yeah, living in California is it's um it's fun. There's there's a lot you can do. There's a lot of places you can go. I mean, driving from one end to the other, um, you know, would take you more than a day. You know, there's a lot there's a lot to it. So it's not. There's a reason I'm asking too about that because then it's not like what because I I've never been but I think California is a precious state and I'm really a little bit obsessed with it. I want to come out there one day because those big giant redwoods up in the Northern part, that's, oh, on yeah. my, that's on my bucket list. So you mentioned, uh, would you like to give us a little bit of your testimony? Could we, could yeah. we get that? I would love to hear that. Yeah. Um, you know, the person I was just two years ago, I mean, I've known God all my life. I grew up, um, you know, with, with Jesus as a foundation, but, um, I spent a lot of time, uh, I guess, prodigaling, you know, I was, I, I spent my life separate from God. I, he was, he was there, but he was in the back burner of my mind. It wasn't really a walk with him. And, and so that grew into, you know, my younger years and partying years and all that stuff. And, and then as I got older, um, I was married, I was married for 11 years and uh we went through our ups and downs sorry i'm pulling up a picture right now that i want to show you guys but um we went through our ups and downs and 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 major downs and finally i came to a point in my life where um i had finally broke free from from any of the vices most of the vices i had you know alcohol and all that stuff that was that was gone out of my life but I had given up. I had given up on the music. I had given up on on any kind of future dreams. Um, and I was letting myself go. I was just letting myself die. And I had I had actually got to 460 pounds. Let's see if you can see this this picture right here. Oh. Yeah. So I was 460 pounds and I was walking with a cane. I could barely get around. You know, I I'd get up and walk to the other room. I could feel my heart beating out my neck. You know, I I my exercise for me was a walk around my house once and then I was sitting back on the couch. And so I had given up and, and of course I, I would sink myself into video games and stuff like that to keep my mind occupied because I was done with reality. And, uh, and so that became my life. I was codependent. I was just a broken individual and, um, you know, something happens. We can only feed one or the other, the flesh or the spirit. And you, you feed one, the other starves and, and eventually dies. And I was spiritually dead. I was at a point in my life where, where I was feeding my flesh so much that it was, I struggled to read the word. I just, I struggled to pray. Um, I didn't want to get up and go to church on a Sunday. Not that it makes you a good person to go to church on Sunday, but, but it, there's something about the fellowship and about, you know, getting the word and stuff. So I, I struggled to feed my spirit because I, I had fed my flesh so much. And, uh, and then one day my wife left and, and I won't get too deep into that, but it was, it was, it was mixed problems. You know, I, I was very angry and bitter and depressed and she was really angry and, and lashed out a lot. And, and it just became a very toxic poor mental health relationship. And, uh, and she wound up leaving. And when she left, I lost everything. You know, I was, I was down to, a house that I was on my way out of and, and nowhere to go, nothing to do. And I didn't know how I was going to even feed myself because like I said, I was so codependent and barely could move around. And so, uh, so I, I reached out to God and I said, God, I submit 110%, whatever you need me to do, I submit. And not, but an hour after dropping to my knees and doing that, I got a call from a friend who runs a, a discipleship home it's a very personal home. It's just a two story. There was two other guys in the home with me. Um, he said, you know, I know things are going on with you right now. You need a place to go. You can come live in the home, but you got to submit to the program. And he used the exact same word submit that I just cried out to God an hour before that. So God was saying, do you submit? Let's see how you submit. And so I did. I jumped in, you know, with everything that was in me and Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, if you're to come after me to deny yourself, to pick up your cross daily and to follow me. The first one of those three instructions is to deny yourself. 
And, and so I started to do that. I kind of hit a radical death to self process. And I started denying all of those things that I was feeding the flesh in, in so many different ways. And it gave God room to move. And he came in and just radically moved into my life. He gave me purpose. He gave me vision. He gave me drive. I lost 160 pounds and I'm still going. Um, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to live. And there's, there's, there's yeah. plans for my life. There's a calling in my life. You know, when he showed me the vision for the music, I, I said, God, just show me how. And that's when the song started flowing out and the doors started opening up. And, and now my plan is to take it to the world. You know, he, he, it, in his, in his great commission, he says to go out and tell the world about him. And uh, I am starting with little old Ridgecrest right now, but I'm, I'm eventually going to move out to the world. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I went from somebody that was just completely broken and codependent to now it's me and my daughter and we're, we're happy and we have a great life and I'm motivated and I have a fitness uh, side of me that, you know, I work at the gym and I work out every day and, and uh, I'm writing music like crazy. And, and then on top of that, I have the ministry where I go and play at different churches and stuff. Um, God's been really good. He's been really good. And he, I just, it just took surrender. And how, how long was that in between when you fell to your knees and said that and to today? That was December of 21. Okay. So, so it's not about, been two about years. a year and a half. Yeah, a year, a you've lost a, wow. Well, I so lost the first hundred is... in five months. Um, wow. So when I moved into that, that home that I was speaking of, there was a mountain behind the home and uh, I felt God told me climb that mountain. I'm like, what? You know, I'm walking with a cane. I don't, I can barely get around, but I felt like God was strongly telling me climb this mountain. And so I started to climb up and I got about a quarter way up and I slipped and I fell and I didn't get physically hurt, but I got emotionally hurt. I'm, I'm laying there and I'm crying my eyes. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then Calvary flashed through my mind, Jesus climbing up Calvary with that big cross. And he's climbing up and he's slipping and falling and he's picking it back up and he'll slip and fall and pick it back up. And he kept going up that mountain for me. Why can't right. I do it for him? Right. And that was a pivotal moment for me. So I stood back up and I said, okay, God, for you. And so I climbed up the rest of that mountain. Once I got to the top, my lungs were burning. I could barely breathe, but with everything I had in me, I screamed out, thank you, God. And then I did it again the next day. And the next day and the next day and 90 days in a row, I climbed that mountain. And uh, that was, that was a, a breakthrough for me, not only spiritually, but physically, I was able to get some of the initial weight off and then start, you know, like it was a lot of diet too at first, but the whole thing, when people ask me, how did you lose the weight? I say obedience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and there's a, it's Romans 8, 11, I think says uh, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and it will quicken, quicken your mortal body. Bodies. Yes. yes, yes, we need that. But also, yeah, you know, one of the fruits of the spirit that we don't, well, a lot of times we have trouble walking in all nine of them from time to time I do. But one of the ones I struggle with is self-control. And that's not just eating, that's, you know, not having road rage not getting uh, mad when a teenager gives you the wrong change at McDonald's or a diet Coke instead of a regular, like self-control over your own control and your own self. And, you know, taking every thought captive, the Bible says, if it's yeah. not a correct thought, you take that thought captive in the name of Jesus and you just throw it out and replace it with another. But I find that if you keep your mind, it helps to be in the word every day. I find, do you find that? Yeah. Well, let me tell you a little secret when it comes to the fruits of the spirit. Fruits of the spirit aren't something that you have to do. They're products of a life with Jesus. Right. So you live, you live this life where you're, you're surrendered every day from your, your own selfish desires. And you, you live dedicated to him and walking with him. Just like Peter was on the water, staring right into the eyes of his savior. And when he looked away, he'd see the wind and the waves winning the waves in our lives being that uh teenager giving you the wrong change or whatever you know a bill coming <laughs> right. in the mail or whatever um yeah. uh you know he started to sink but as soon as his eyes were fixated back on on jesus he rose to the top and and, and stood on that water with him and so we if we live this life dedicated to the lord and we glorify him in everything we do 
and we just stay feeding the spirit, like I was speaking earlier, then, then the fruits of the spirit become a natural um, fruit. This isn't a fruit for you. This is a fruit for others. So you become right. that fruitful tree that grows these fruits for other people to, to feed off of and be encouraged and edified and, and, and to spread that light that he tells us to spread. So, so patience and, and uh, you know, all, all the stuff that comes with, you know, peace, joy, love, all that stuff comes with just having a, a dedicated life with the Lord. Um, yeah. I used so what, to be a very angry person two years ago. Um, now you hardly ever see me get mad. You know, I'm very patient and that's, that's all due to just God, God re reinnovating who I am because I just became dedicated to him. Well, because you find you have kind of a joy and a peace and a happiness inside and whatever you know, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the Bible says, like wells of living water that just spring up. And so whatever I find this to be true in life, whatever's on the inside of a person comes out. And so hurting people hurt people. I think I've, yeah, this on this podcast, people are going to get really used to me saying that because it's true. Hurting people hurt people. So when you see people and they're spewing bitterness and they're spewing anger and they're not patient and they're, we call them Karens, you know, all the Karens of the world. Right. Well, that person's more, they're not happy on the inside because if they were happy with themselves, if they were happy in Christ, if they had the joy of the Lord, then they would not, that wouldn't come from their mouth. You know, yeah, I've been the, there. I have too. And the like the Bible says, fresh water and salt water can't come from the same spring. And so you can't spew both of these things from your mouth. You will always go one way or the other. And so if you have salt water inside you, that's what's going to come out. But if you have right. living water inside you, then that's what will come out. Yeah. Good oh, saying I, garbage in, garbage out. That I And I heard that my entire life. I think Carmen, do you remember Carmen? who was like a contemporary Christian music singer back in the nineties. Yeah. I, you know, at first I was thinking Carmen San Diego, but now I know what you're talking about. Where in the <laughs> world is Carmen San Diego? I do I remember Carmen, Carmen though. <laughs> yeah. Carmen, that was his big saying. Carmen would say junk in, junk out, garbage yeah. in, garbage out. He always said that. I saw him in concert a few times. What a precious, precious uh, person. And uh, he's with Jesus now. So that's that's good. So he's having the time of his life. <laughs> right. So okay, would you play us? Are you going to play us a song? We want to hear. I would a song. love to. I would love. I would to. love that. All right. Okay. Perfect. So this is right. this is the uh, title song to the first album, Symphony, and it's just a song. It's a worship song. It's it's a full on just song of adoration for the Lord, and uh, every song I have has a bit of the gospel in it has a bit of the message in it so um hopefully you'll be able to catch the words but yeah this is one of the first songs i had wrote and uh, written at the beginning of the year
Uh, well, I'm I'm speechless actually. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so. How many podcasts can you cry on? That's my question. So I'm up to like five, but I'm just weeping. So I, that song, I think you are going to get a sing with Mac Powell, Robbie. I hope so. Oh, <laughs> we're going to send that right over to him. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that's amazing. That's I amazing. That. Thank you. You, you, you know, that? I couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like that I said, kind of beforehand. Beforehand, I couldn't write or, or play anything nearly close to something like that. God has taken over. So I just stay, I get, submit. I need to you. keep a box of tissues. You That talent is, I'm blown away by your talent. I'm blown Thank away. You. So humble that you came on this podcast and I got to meet you. Just I appreciate that, it. That's what this is about. That's what this is about for the world to see people like you. And I hope that your video gets a million views not for me not for the podcast but for you <laughs> that's you know, amazing I, I just want um i just want the step to the next level because the more people i can reach the more i can glorify him that's it's right. not about me it's not about my music it's not about anything that i can do it's about just taking the talent that he gave me and glorifying him with it. Um, I, right. I just said that earlier to somebody. I said, look, even if you don't have time to watch the podcast twice a week, that's two hours a week. That seems like nothing, but I, sometimes I don't have two extra hours a week. So I get it. And I told, I'm telling everybody, if you don't watch it, just share it, subscribe, and then tell your friends, Hey, subscribe and share this because somebody somewhere needs it. Even yeah. if you don't watch it and you don't need it, somebody somewhere needs it. And I hope that this promotes all the amazing people that deserve to be promoted like you and lots of other people that have been on. But the ultimate goal is freedom in Jesus Christ that I've experienced, that you have experienced, and that somebody needs that somewhere. And so that's what I'm telling people. It's not going to hurt my feelings. If you don't watch every podcast, it's fine. Just hit share and share it out because somebody somewhere needs it. So yeah, right. that's the ultimate goal is bringing people to Jesus and showing people, you know, this man that we have found that I believe has been very poorly represented at times here in America, even by the church. Yeah. And, especially and it was, church. especially, yeah. And my, prayer started about four or five years ago. I was in my car praying. It's my favorite place to pray because I can get as loud as I want. I can say anything I want. Nobody's there but me and God. And and I, I started praying and I was telling God, I said, help me represent you with, and I wanted to have these big words in this prayer. And then I stopped and I said, actually, help me represent you in the way you want to be represented. Help me be represent you in the way you would like to be represented. Yeah. Because I think that we sometimes think that we, I'm sure that church people think they're doing a good job. They're not purposely doing a bad job, but they are sometimes doing a bad job because they're right. not thinking, you know, and, and I, we were, I was recently having a conversation where somebody was talking about the call on your life. How did you get the call? And we're called to do this and called to do that. And I said, well, let's redefine the call on your life. You're called to love. Amen. Bottom line. You know, my mentor and, always tells me you're called first to be a child of God. Yeah. Everything after comes after. Right. But yeah, I love that to be a child. And, but that call to love, I think we as church people get wrapped up in ministry well, I'm called to be a preacher. I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a musician. I'm called to be a prophet. What you're called to do is love. That love can take different forms. You can show love through songs. You can show love. I had given the example of a mechanic who might fix a car for free or reduce rate for a single mother. That's love. So you can, that love can take many forms, but you're called to love. Jesus said, this one commandment, I'll leave you. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and body. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I think here's the problem we're running into. It's just my 
interpretation of this is well, as I look around at the world, a lot of people don't understand how to love themselves. And if you cannot, if you don't love yourself, how can, so people are loving their neighbor as themselves. They are. Right. Because that's what they have. And I don't mean that self. Now we're back to very, hurt people, hurt people. Right. And I don't mean that from a conceited place, like, oh, I love myself. You know, that has to come from a very pure, I surrender to Christ and submit my self to Christ. Way. I love when who I, I am in him. I love who I am in Christ. And when I see how he loves me, you know, I never understood because I didn't have great parents and a lots and lots of people don't. And so it wasn't until I became a parent that I remember one day it was like an epiphany. And I was like thinking about how much I love my son. It's, it's indescribable. There's no words. There are no English words for that love. And I remember thinking, is this how God loves me? Because if it is, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Right? Like there's nothing this child has done to earn this love that I have for him. And there's nothing he could do to ever make me stop. And I don't think people can really comprehend that that's how God sees you. You can't earn it. And there's nothing you can do to make him stop. Yeah. And that's life-changing. That's a life-changing love. And we live in such a, a world of conditional love and conditional approval that we just can't imagine in a 100% unconditional love. Yeah. Amen. So, anyway, that's my hot take that's on that. My heart's bursting with love for, for, for everybody around me, even those that have hurt me. I'm, I'm, God has filled me up with so much. I've spent a lot of time in my life beforehand, uh, not able to love myself. And so I wasn't able to correctly love others. And, uh, as soon as I was able to refocus my love for the Lord, he showed me my true self. And that's why I say I'm able to love who I am in him. Because once I was able to see this version of me, I was able to feel love for myself again. And that unlocked my capability to love others the way that I was truly meant to love them. And now I've got so much love in my heart that it hurts. It's bursting. <laughs> it's just wide open. Yeah. <laughs> so you said even for those who hurt you. So look, tell us a little bit about that. Not, not who hurt you. You don't get into specifics. But explain to people, like, how could you love so many that hurt you? And explain a little bit about your forgiveness process and how you process that forgiveness and how you can love people that have done you wrong. So I'm going to try to say this as carefully as possible without uh, involving any specific people or specific events, um, which is kind of hard because that's the best way to give this testimony. But um, I, there was a certain person that had hurt me pretty much, pretty bad. Um, but they also had fallen away from God in a sense that they, they, they weren't really, they were in the same situation I was in where I, I just lived a life selfishly and, and my spirit was, was dying, was dwindling. And so it says, I believe in James, I hope I'm right about this, but it says in James, talks about them walking blindly in the dark stumbling around like they can't see and so I thought about that it's like well this person is is walking around in the dark stumbling around they don't see what they're doing wrong and and then I thought about Jesus on the cross and you know he's up there getting crucified by the very people he's saving and um they don't know what they're doing they're stumbling around in the dark and so he actually speaks that out loud he says Lord, forgive them for they don't know, don't know what they're doing. And so I just combined both those together. I, I, I believe that person was stumbling around in the dark and was lost and hurt, hurt people, hurt people, you know? And, and so even though what they did to me is inexcusable, I, I can feel what I feel. I'm, I'm allowed to feel it. I, I have justifications for what I feel, but... I have to forgive them because they don't know what they do, what they're doing. And, and so that's the first step to, to understand that they, they don't understand where they're at and that they're hurting as well to be able to move forward with forgiveness and, and forgiveness isn't for them. It's for yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I heard somebody tell me one time, um, harboring unforgiveness is, is like taking a, a vial of poison and waiting for the other person to die. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Yeah. You're not you're, you're You're just damaging your own heart. You're just damaging yourself. And so if you can release that forgiveness to that person and, and find a way to love them anyways, whether it be just as simple as I love you because you're a child of God. I love you because you were created for a reason on this earth. Then, then grip onto that feeling, hold on to it and use that. And, and, and I think we were called to love Judas just as much as we love Jesus. See, that's amazing. So, that's a life changing yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's my process anyway. <laughs> and it doesn't happen in one day. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, watched a movie. It was originally a book called the shack and, uh, <laughs> And, you know, he said, he said, I forgive you. And then he's like, it didn't make it any easier. He's like, well, you're probably gonna have to say it 100, 200, 300 times, but it'll get right. easier and easier as you go. And, and it does. I mean, I'm at a point now with that person that I'm talking about. I, I completely forgive that person with all of my heart. And, uh, and I love that person. And, and I pray for that person every day. That, that's awesome. Yeah. And you're right. It doesn't, doesn't always, it's not immediately easier, but forgiveness, I think like anything else, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. And then you understand it. And the more time you spend in the word, but also about, you know, forgiveness and, and judgment. And, and we had talked about this before the Bible says with whatever measure that you use to judge others, the same measure will be used to judge you. And mm -hmm. I had said, I used to use a tape measure about this big. I was so judgmental. And I wanted everybody to fit my little box and I had opinions about everybody. And then I realized when that scripture kind of came to light, like that's the measure that's going to be used on me. I'm not going to pass. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I extended my ruler, so to speak, to think, okay, you know, let me not pass judgment. I mean, it's the, it's the whole scripture about the, you can't, you're, worried about the splinter in somebody else's eye you got a two by four sticking out of your own yeah. but speaking of people that sometimes it's hard to forgive people and there's a lot of people we disagree with in the world and what about this so the world the party lines the republicans the democrats the fighting it, it's gotten out of control in the last eight years and i i don't get political this is not what this <laughs> podcast is about but a scripture a, a question was presented to bill johnson who's out there in California with you out up in Reading. And, and the question was to Bill Johnson, how do you love people who you completely disagree with? You disagree with everything about them. You disagree with their life choices. You disagree with, with their religion. You disagree with their ideology. You disagree with everything about them. How do you love them? And Bill Johnson said this, well, Every single person is created in the image of God. So start there. I yeah, respect yeah. you. I respect you because you're created in the image of my father. Right. So let's all start there. So, yeah. Anyway, what, so you can, what are your thoughts on, on, on that? All of the, <laughs> how, how can we all, Rodney King said, can we all just get along? It's obvious that we can't. <laughs> right. How, the day what, that, that happens. Unity is so important. So it's, it's really important. And, and so the, we can only start with ourselves, right? I, I can't control you. You can't control me. I can't control the person down the street, but I can, I can have self-control. I can change and, one. That's what I told my kids. You can change one person in the world. So, so that's you have a choice when you wind up getting the wrong change at McDonald's. <laughs> You have a choice to either get upset about it or look at them and say, thank you and move thank forward you. with your day. Right. And it, it's real simple. And that choice, no matter what that choice, that person that's standing there giving you your change, they're not going to remember you five minutes from now unless you do something like that, unless you show such a love that they do. But right. you, whatever your choice is in that, that situation is going to affect you for hours, right. days or whatever to come. Ooh, so how good. do you want to feel? I, I've told people before, and I said this earlier, I said, you know, I have the right to feel the way I feel. And yeah. when, when my daughter, when she's, when she's mad about something, 
I'll tell her, you know what, you you have the right to be mad. Go ahead and feel mad. How how do you like it? I love that. You, that's good. You enjoy that's feeling good parenting. It? You yeah. can feel mad if you want, but do you enjoy feeling it? You have the yeah. right to feel however you want to feel, but do you want to feel this way? No. Right. Right. That's good parenting. I like that. Yeah. You have the right to feel that way. Um, I use that McDonald's thing because I one time saw a man who got a Diet Coke instead of a regular Coke and he had already walked away. And then it was my turn to walk up and order. And I guess he had taken a sip of it and realized it was diet. And instead of just presenting that as this is Diet Coke, he threw it and it missed the cashier's head and it hit like the ice cream, whatever was back there. And the lid yeah. came off and Diet Coke went everywhere. And I was like, oh, well, I wow, guarantee." Dude. I guarantee that wasn't the only thing that happened that day or that week. And, it, it, you know, a lot of people say the straw that broke the camel's back. It was. Yeah. But I, I guarantee later he went home and he was emotional and he was very yeah. repentant about that and wished he didn't do it. I just felt like, and I guess it's different personality. So I have a personality. My, my uncle, Ob used to say, well, you wouldn't care if it was snow and oats outside. And that was how he described my personality. I'm so easy going. I would have just drank the Diet Coke. Doesn't matter. I don't drink Diet Coke, but I would just drink it, whatever. But I not some people have, yeah, maybe a different personality. But yeah, it's there's a different way to handle that. Um, but you know, and we see, but you know, that's been some years ago. That's probably been 20 years ago. If you did that now, you would be on TikTok. See. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And so um but yeah, just how you handle yourself. But yeah, you're right. I would that say that's helping wasn't... people mind their P's and Q's, but it's not. <laughs> it's, not it's not. I feel like there's so much anger in the world. Like the tension is just, it's yeah. almost, ta it's almost tangible that we're all just trying our best just to get through our days in a peaceful way. You can't, and, you can't imagine how, how easily melted away that emotion is when you look into somebody's eyes, you smile and say, I love you. That's exactly or, How right. are you today? You how look are amazing. You today? Positive that's... affirmations. And, 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 and I, I don't care who you are, or what you're going through, even if, if they don't show it in that moment, they're going to go later, they're going to walk off later and they're going to think about that. And it's going to affect them because I think love overpowers anger or hate. And so if you can spread love more than you can spread, you know, how bad your day's going, the coffee right. spilt in your lap, you know, or whatever, then, then yeah. I think, you know, one person at a time, you know, one, we can only all. deal with ourselves. Right. I think you're 100% right. Love is more powerful than hate. Was it Martin Luther King that said, um, I chose love because hate was too great a burden to bear. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's love. That's it. Well, would you sing us one more? Would you sing another song? I can. If I, yeah. if I beg, if I beg. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. Um, Thank you so much. So this one, uh, this one, I, I guess since I did the first one was off the first album, I'll do this one off the second album. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to release both of them at the same time. So it's not going to be any secret. There'll be both the symphony album and the into the light album at the same time. But this song, um, the very first line to this song is actually, I believe a Psalm it's, it's in, it's in the Bible. And I, I read it and it just inspired the, the idea of this song. It's called the eternal flame. This is the one that if you were to look on my profile, you'll see me doing with other people and stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah. So. Let the spirit in for future generations that a people not yet
Dude, I could listen to you all day. No kidding. <laughs> That's, I mean, that talent is, it's, it's unreal. That's unbelievable. Thank you so well, much. Once I get those CDs done, I'll send you a couple copies. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'll, I will listen to, do I even have anything that plays CDs anymore? <laughs> get over. So, so people have been asking me, is your stuff on Spotify? When are you going to get it on Spotify? That's what. I, yeah, I hate that, but I'm thinking, wait, CDs? What am I going to do with right. that? <laughs> so the <laughs> only reason why I don't have anything on Spotify or iCloud or anything like that yet is because I want it to, I mean, I could just play the guitar and sing to it and have a raw copy, but whatever I put on there is what's really going to get out. So I want to I want to wait until the production of the CDs are done, and then I'll take those finished studio versions and throw them on Spotify and stuff. So coming soon. Us. I saw something on Facebook about Spotify and how the artists don't get that much money from every play. No, it's, it's, it's not a really good place to make money, but it is a good place to place promote to get, music. Yeah, I think so too. It's a great promotional tool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's another thing that I, I didn't, I didn't express to you, but you know, until the music picks up, um, I have been using, um, the music as a as a ministry and so i've kind of gone by the title traveling worship minister 
And okay. so what I do is I, I go to churches for, for multiple reasons, but two major reasons is one, there's a lot of churches out there that don't have live worship. There's right. people that are playing YouTube videos or even just have somebody up there singing along to a karaoke track. And, and uh, I believe worship is so important. And um, especially to be able to get into a, a certain secret place with the Lord, the emotion of music, we connect to music. And so yeah. it gives us, it, it, it kind of causes that lubrication to connect to the altar room. And so um, I like to provide live worship for those churches um, something tangible for them to, to yes. enjoy. Um, and then also there's other churches that, you know, there's a high demand for, for worship and not a lot of people doing it. And so you get a lot of worship leaders that are, I mean, that every Sunday and, and even multiple days during the week, they're, they're very on demand. And so I like to give them a day off, you know, where they can sit yeah. out in the pews and enjoy a, a morning of worship themselves. Right. So I try to provide that as a service, uh, mainly for the Lord. I mean, I just I want to serve in any capacity I can, but right. but to churches that are needing it or or wanting it, and and I hope one day I'll be able to just come into a church and be like, hey, you know, Robbie Shaw's a guest here at this church. You know, we he's got this album out. Well, wow, that'd be great. But yes. right now, it's just kind of something I'm doing as a ministry to to minister to others, and right. so I'll go in and I'll play some songs and I play a lot of, of well-known um, worship music and stuff, not just my own music. I play all kinds of music, um, okay. but, you know, I'll, I'll give my testimony or I'll just, you know, I'll pray. I'll, I'll let the spirit lead the, the, the morning. So if anybody wants you to come to their church and, and lead worship, they can reach out. We'll put your information in and they can yeah. reach out to you. Yeah. Okay. All right. That sounds fantastic. And this has been one of my favorite podcasts so far. Thank you so much. Oh, for you coming say on. that to all of them, I'm sure. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and I can't wait till these CDs come out. This is, you're phenomenal. And we are going to see what we can do about hooking you up with Mac Powell. I mean, I don't know him, but what is my grandfather said? He puts his britches on the same way we do one leg. At I, a know. Time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think I, I might not deal with a lot of uh, instances where I've been starstruck, but that one might be one. <laughs> right. Perfect. Well, we'll just pray and let God lead, you know, and, and God will open those doors. My prayer is when God opens doors, um, people pray, God, open these doors and then they don't walk through them. So my prayer is God, give me the strength to op to walk through the doors that you open. Right. So, okay. Well, have a great rest of your Sunday. It has been completely awesome visiting with you. Thank you so much. Really good. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye.